The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Primal Body, Primal Mind. Your host, Nora Gedgaudis, is here to take you on a fun-filled and informational journey through the mind and your body with a focus on neurofeedback and healthy nutrition and what it can do for you, your family, and friends. Now, here's your host, Nora Gedgaudis. Well, hello, and welcome back to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio. I'm your host, uh, Nora Gedgaudis, and today we're going to be talking about two conditions that have become so commonplace that there probably isn't anyone listening who doesn't know somebody with one or both of these problems or who isn't experiencing at least one of them themselves. The issues are thyroid and adrenal. Now, why would I pair them and say thyroid and adrenals? Well, because whether you know it or not, more often than not, these two issues can be very closely related. And while we're talking about this incredibly important subject today, I want you to keep something in mind. And this is a principle taught by uh, the Nutritional Therapy Association, one of my wonderful sponsors and really the best, some of the best nutritional educators in the business. And it's that the endocrine system is an incredibly complex system of interrelationships. Each hormone in our bodies is part it's part of a greater family, and uh, as we know, and as our first guest so aptly puts it, families will regulate together and they will dysregulate together. So hormones cannot be micromanaged, and hormones are not supplements. But many people, even doctors, see hormonal problems as compartmentalized issues, testosterone or estrogen or thyroid, adrenals, DHEA, and yet... All hormones are at least somewhat interconnected, and, and they have relationships that can be somewhat hierarchical in nature. In fact, there's a bit of a cascade of hierarchy when it comes to hormones and their overall influence over your functioning. At the top of the cascade is, is leptin. It's really the master of all hormones in your five-star you know, endocrine system's five-star general. The four-star general is insulin. And no hormonal problem can ever really be fully remediated um, unless insulin issues um, are also addressed, insulin and leptin. The good news is is that insulin and leptin are both birds of a feather, and the, and the same culprit is usually responsible for their dis- dysregulation, which is blood sugar problems. Well, the next step down this ladder or cascade are your adrenal hormones, then your pituitary, then your thyroid, and on down the line. And if your thyroid is out of whack, one place you must always look to supporting and addressing this is your adrenals. And if your adrenals are stressed, the most common culprit is, you guessed it, blood sugar dysregulation. Now, blood sugar keeps coming up on this show again and again and again because it lies at the root of so very much. Blood sugar surges have a way, too, of chronically stimulating things like sympathetic overarousal, fight or flight, which, of course, is very stressing for your adrenals. It's a recipe for chronic endocrine disruption. Well... The conventional wisdom with hormonal dysregulation is, of course, some form of supplementation, be it, God forbid, synthetic hormones or even the ever-popular bioidentical approach. But you need to know that no endocrinologist, however brilliant or talented, could ever possibly prescribe anything that can take the place or replicate your own internal self-regulatory processes. No endocrinologist can possibly replace or anticipate the mind-boggling complexity of your own internal endocrine symphony and with so-called replacement you know, hormones. And sometimes they're necessary. Sometimes we need them. But the answer is not always so much in second-guessing the body or assuming it doesn't know what it's doing, but in listening to what your body is telling you and working with it to restore healthy, natural functioning. Well, before we get too far into this, I'd like to introduce my first guest now, I have to say that if I could have my pick 
of any personal physician in the world, it would be the person I'm about to introduce to you. This one really gets it. Dr. Janet Lang has been in practice for 28 years. She's also an extremely well-respected educator, uh, the best of the business as far as I'm concerned, and certainly one of my most important mentors. She's also a consultant and an author in the expanding field of hormonal health care, and her expertise, non-invasive techniques, and patient-empowering philosophy led to the evolution of something called, of, of her unique um, restorative endocrinology program. She's also the head of Lang Integrative Services. I can scarcely contain my enthusiasm when I say, welcome, Janet. Well, thank you. I'm glad to be here. Ah, well, I'm, I'm thrilled to have you here. I really am. Now, your approach to hormonal health is a little off the beaten path. And, and when I mean the beaten path, it tends to be paved with things like progesterone creams and bioidentical hormones that are sort of popularized, of course, by experts like Dr. Suzanne Summers as you'd say. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, well, you know, bioidentical hormones, of course, are a wonderful tool, but what people often really don't understand is that they need to be used, if they're going to be used, according to the body's design. As you're pointing out, there's an incredibly complex design, and we don't always understand what that design is. So, But what we do know is that the body does make hormones in physiologic amounts. That is, there's a certain amount of hormones the body makes. It doesn't make more. And in in the endocrine system, the American concept of more is better doesn't translate. If you you have more hormone, as you're pointing out with things like insulin or leptin, you go into hormone resistance. Right. And hormone resistance means those cell receptors won't let the hormone in. So the concept that has been used in so much of bioidentical hormone replacement is the idea that you could just use it however you want and more is better. Uh, if a little is good, more must be better. Americans, just we, we've just been taught to think that way. Right. Well, bioidentical hormones, they've really become kind of the darlings of the natural health care industry. I mean, this stuff is kind of getting passed out like candy these days. And I mean, although bioidentical hormones clearly have their place, and they're a big step up from synthetic hormones, even the use of these so-called more natural substances too often seem to kind of miss the point. Isn't that right? Well, the person may actually need some increased amount of the various hormones they're suspecting, Mm -hmm. Um, but just replacing a hormone is a very one-dimensional approach. so you have to look at what is the reason the hormone level may be off. And when you have a, a symphony being played and something's playing out of tune, just you know whacking that instrument back into place isn't often what brings the symphony back into its proper harmony. Right. And so thyroid and adrenals is a very good place to start. You know, looking at that for you can say you can ask the question as I often do when I'm teaching: How many people are on thyroid hormones these days? for low thyroid function, and yet how many people on those thyroid hormones still have low thyroid symptoms? Right. Um, The majority, you would have to say. And and a common hallmark of the use of hormones these days is people may feel better in the short term, but it doesn't last. Right. Well, there's also the specter of of, of Hashimoto's, which commonly, you know, a, a lot of conventional physicians don't even bother testing for because they don't really know what to do with that anyway. It's all kind of treated the same way. Which, you know, well, yes, and in Hashimoto's, of course, it's an autoimmune problem. Right. The thyroid gland just gets caught in the crossfire, so you end up with low thyroid function, but it actually isn't primarily, initially anyway, a thyroid problem. And right. so, again, people can feel better temporarily with thyroid hormone, and it may be part of the part of what you may need to do to correct the problem. But most Hashimoto's problems is, you know, it actually you find it a lot of times in, in the intestinal tract. It starts there. Yep. yep. So it, when we talk about whole body or holistic, you know, health care, you know, that's exactly what we're talking about. Something can be seeming to have a thyroid, you know, symptom, but the origin of the issue may not be in the thyroid gland at all. Right, which is why you say thyroid and adrenals. Um, your approach to hormonal imbalances is, is really functional and, and restorative rather than just simply 
looking to ameliorate the superficial imbalances with, you know, prescriptions for, you know, take, take, since your testosterone is down, take this hormone and that'll boost it back up again. Um, this is one of the things in my mind that really um, very much sets you apart. Well, I, I started looking at the reason, just again, just narrowing down our conversation to thyroid and adrenals. Right, Why are right. so many people on thyroid hormones and, and not responding more than, if anything, short term, if even that? And I've discovered that thyroid problems this day and age are actually adrenal problems. Yes. And the, the, those two glands are, are like two ends of the same stick. Yes. In that they're controlling the rate at which our metabolism runs. And we, we, we talk about the thyroid as controlling what's called the basal metabolic rate. And an, and an analogy I use for that, it's like controlling the rate at which our motor runs when it's in idle. Yep. And the adrenals are controlling the rate at which our motors run when we're in gear. Right. And then I ask the question, how many people are having trouble functioning in gear these days? Well, so many people, uh, of course, the adrenals are our, part of our stress handling system. And how many people have stressed stress handling systems? I don't know anybody like that myself. <laughs> <laughs> and you could say virtually everyone has stressed stress handling systems. And if you can't function well in gear, then your body would naturally slow the motor down on purpose so you don't blow a gasket. Right. And that really is the answer to most, almost all thyroid problems these days, is your body goes into, in its wisdom, in a protective mode. And it actually slows the basal metabolic rate down in order to slow the motor down because you can't function well in gear when the adrenals have what are called adrenal insufficiency. And I want to read you something. Actually, it's a quote okay. from the PDR, the Physician's Desk Reference, about Synthroid. And this would be... Synthroid, of course, is synthetic T4, which is often used in, for thyroid hormones, but it would be true of any thyroid hormone that's used, uh, and it's under contraindications, and it says, quote, Synthroid is also contraindicated in patients with uncorrected adrenal insufficiency. <laughs> as thyroid hormones increase tissue demands for adrenal cortical hormones and thereby precipitate acute adrenal crisis, end of quote. <laughs> so you see, they understand that if people have adrenal problems, you shouldn't be giving them thyroid, thyroid hormones because it tries to speed the motor up, and in doing that, it draws on the, the weakened adrenals and makes them even weaker, which is why you get initial first uh, response. You seem to get better at first, but what it actually does is it makes your adrenals even weaker. Yeah, you're just driving the problem. It makes the problem worse. Yes. Now, one so, thing most people really don't think about or realize in, in, in this day and age that, you know, we're really not designed physiologically to be handling, you know, significant am amounts of stress, you know, 24-7. Uh, well, we're not designed to handle chronic stress. We, right, exactly. This is how I teach it. We were designed to handle acute stress and then go to Tahiti. Right. <laughs> at least in our minds, you know. But now if we send people to Tahiti, we, they just stress the Tahitian. <laughs> right. And so what we need to actually be doing is help people handle stress differently where they are because it's actually perceptual. It, it, it's not the stress. It's how we feel and think about the stress because one person's stress is another person's I'm having a good time. Right, right. So it isn't actually the stress. It's how we re respond to the stress that determines how our adrenals respond. Right, I'm fond of saying that stress isn't what happens to you. It's how you respond to what happens to you. Exactly, and, and the studies are very clear. It's not about how much you do. It's about how you feel about what you're doing. It's your perception. So I say, and it's very clear, that stress is perceptual. Yes. So when we feel like we're victims, when we feel like there's things to fear all around us, when we feel overwhelmed, when we feel like there's nothing we can do about all the stuff we're told to be afraid of, well, yeah, our adrenals are constantly challenged, and we were not physiologically designed to handle this. Yeah. And that's where we create the what the PDR is cause, calling adrenal insufficiency. Right, right. But I might well, say that if you have a conventional test for your adrenal glands, it will not pick this up because the only thing that's looked for from a conventional test, a blood test, would be adrenal disease like right. Addison's disease, which is a severe right. adrenal shutdown, which I don't care how much you stress, most people's adrenals, they would never go to that degree of adrenal problem. Right. So you have to know how to test 
for these kinds of things to find them, and then you would see that virtually, you know, the majority of of Americans yeah. have this sort of what we would it's, call adrenal insufficiency. It's so true. Well, we have to go to a commercial break, but when we come back, we're going to rejoin uh, Dr. Janet Lang here, and we'll be talking a lot more about this really fascinating and incredibly important topic. This is Nora Gadgaudis, and you're listening to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio. Please stay tuned. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. NBC Science consultant Dr. Mark Steinberg says every so often you encounter a gem among the dross competing for your attention. Such is the case with Primal Body, Primal Mind, written by Nora Gedgaudis. Primal Body, Primal Mind is a non-fictional excursion into the realm of biology, politics, and self-care that you will never get from formal academic education. It's a nutritional treasure map leading to optimal wellness the way nature intended, a jewel. Tom Hartman, acclaimed author, scholar, and national radio host, says, if you want to really know how your body and brain work, read this book. Go beyond the low-carb and paleo diet to discover the ultimate key to health, a better brain, weight loss, better mood, and a longer life. Primal Body, Primal Mind will show you how you can save more money eating incredibly well than you ever believed possible. You can order the life-changing book, Primal Body, Primal Mind, today. And sign up for Nora Gedgaudis' weekly blog update at www.primalbody-primalmind.com. Want to learn more about neurofeedback? Want to find a trained clinician for yourself or for a loved one? Or maybe you are a professional looking to offer this powerful, non-invasive technique to improve results for your toughest clients. At EEG Info, we are the leading provider of neurofeedback resources, videos, and training for the next generation of neurofeedback professionals. If you want to improve symptoms of emotional and behavioral dysfunction, this non-invasive approach is the answer you've been looking for. Neurofeedback is successful in helping people of all ages achieve a feeling of greater health and well-being. Visit us at eeginfo.com today to learn more about neurofeedback or to find a local clinician who can help you or someone you love. Unlock the full potential of your brain today. Visit eeginfo.com. Are you looking for a new perspective in today's challenging economic and personal times? Join the journey to your personal best on the Sky's the Limit radio program featuring your hosts Karen Lovett, Jackie Lawney, and John McDermott. The engaging discussion will center on concrete ideas and actions to help improve your personal wealth, love, appreciation, power, choice, relationships, and more. Karen, Jackie, and John will guide you to your true power of choice on the Sky's the Limit, Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on 7th Wave Network. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're tuned in to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio with host Nora Gedgaudis. Got a question for Nora about today's show? The phone lines are open now at 1-866-472-5792. Toll free, 1-866-472-5792. Now back to our show. Here's Nora. Well, welcome back to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio. And we have as our special guest today in this half hour, Dr. Janet Lang of Restorative Endocrinology and and, uh, Lang Integrative Services. Uh, talking to us about the whole issue around thyroid and adrenals. And, of course, we're combining these topics because they are so uh, closely related, as, as Janet so uh, eloquently uh, spoke about in our previous segment. So, Janet, when somebody comes to you and says, Janet, I've got a thyroid problem, what is your process of thinking? Well, I've learned that the thyroid gland of all the glands is responding to the imbalance in the other glands more than any other single endocrine gland. So I never evaluate the thyroid gland by itself. It's a waste of time, I've learned. The thyroid is always responding and setting the metabolic rate according to whatever other issues are going on, and that's part of its job. Thyroid actually means shield. The word means shield because it looks like a shield, but it's a good thing to remember. It's actually shielding or compensating and uh, protecting us uh, and going into compensatory states of protection 
when, for example, the adrenals, our stress handling system is stressed and we can't function well um, in gear or online, so it is setting the metabolic rate accordingly to protect us so we don't burn up our physiology, you know, quickly. And people get upset with that, not understanding their body's messages. The, the messages are, I'm slowed down, I'm fatigued, and we say, well, just fight that fatigue and, uh, instead of saying, well, what is your body telling you? It's telling you you're trying to do things in it that don't work. <laughs> and instead of understanding the wisdom of our body and its messages, we just try to shut the messages up, kind of like if you're, the warning lights on your dashboard lit up, you know, you'd put duct tape over the, the warning lights, and then when your engine blows up, you say, well, how did that happen? You know? Right, well, I personally unscrew the bulb, but, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, that you know, yeah. <laughs> that's a permanent solution now, isn't it? And right, <laughs> right, exactly. You know, it's it's um, yeah, it it's such a <laughs> the we tendency, I think, in, in conventional medicine and even in yeah. a lot of natural medicine, is to sort of treat the body like it's stupid. Um, like it doesn't really know what it's doing. Oh, the thyroid's turned down. Well, well, we, you know, we got to jack it up because it, it doesn't exactly know what it is it should be doing right now. Yes, and a clue should be when we get, you know, either no response or short-term response that doesn't last is not that we need to, you know, add even more thyroid hormones since more hormones will cause even more deficiency symptoms over time. More is not better in hormone land. The clue is is that we missed a piece of information. We're missing something. Yes. Not that we're going to flog the thyroid into behaving. And that the, you know, people come in to me and they say, well, you know, they're complaining about their body because it's just not doing what they want it to do. And I say, look, you know, uh, you, you're complaining about your body and I get it, but really your body should be complaining about you considering what you're trying to do in it <laughs> and the way you're trying to do it. In fact, your body is complaining about you. You just don't understand its messages. And it's not that I want you to do less. It's that I want you to do it do what you do in ways that work. And we haven't been taught that. We haven't been taught how to live in this physiology in ways that work. We're taught just put the pedal to the metal and leave it there, and that's supposed to somehow be okay. Until the machine breaks down, and then you take it into the shop to try to fix it. <laughs> right, and, and drop it off on Tuesday and pick it up, <laughs> drop it off and pick it up on Tuesday, having had nothing to do with the process. And we're finding that healthcare like that doesn't give us very satisfactory results. And no kidding. Well, when did you make, because of course you teach an excellent course basically called Thyroid Adrenals and Blood Sugar. <laughs> and mm -hmm. one of many excellent courses that you teach. But when did you make the blood sugar connection to all of this? Well, of course, the, the adrenal glands are one of the primary blood sugar um, regulators in the body, and I refer to the adrenals. I like to give analogies so people can understand. Um, the adrenals are like the fuel pump in the body. The adrenals regulate blood sugar in between meals and then according to whatever level of stress or activity that we're up to. The adrenals up or down, you know, control the blood sugar levels in our in our in our um, system according to those things, whereas insulin is more like the fuel injection hormone, injects the fuel into the cells. Mm -hmm. So there's a, there's a very close relationship between the adrenals and insulin. Yes. They, they work together. They're a companion, fuel, you know, fuel pump, fuel injection hormones. And so people running themselves, you know, the skipping meals or going too long between meals, the, the the hormone or the gland that they stress is the adrenals yes. or eating the wrong kinds of foods that jack the blood sugar up quickly like refined carbs and sugars and then drop the blood sugar very quickly. Not only are they, you know, stressing their, their insulin and their leptin system, but they're stressing their adrenals as well. Yes. Their ability to maintain steady fuel levels. And, of course, their body is very, very concerned with, with keeping steady fuel levels because if you're in a fuel crisis, you're in an energy crisis. Exactly. Well, of course, with adrenals, you know, we're not saying that blood sugar is always uh, to blame, but it's certainly the most common and, and important vector. And With adrenals, though, it, it's not enough just to nourish the adrenals or try to fix the feedback loops in the brain, but you, it's really important, too, to find out what is driving the adrenals in the first place and address that. Blood sugar, of course, being probably the most single most common place that happens, but also things like you know, the type A personalities that never rest, and I wouldn't know anybody like that at all, or 
never getting enough sleep or don't know about that either, or food sensitivities or infections of any kind, you know, acute or chronic, those things can drive adrenal problems, you know, to say the least, of course, you know, major life stressors or, of course, any combination of the above. Yeah, well, the adrenals' job are to keep the body dynamically stable amidst internal and external changes. So you're right, whether it's a physical challenge like an infection or a food intolerance or whether it's an emotional stress or a psychological stress or a financial stress or whatever level of change goes on internally or externally, the adrenals are designed to adjust the, the environment of the body to handle it. And so... Sometimes we get layers and layers of these things. Upon, it's not just one thing. It's an a, it's a added one thing to another until there's so many things that the adrenals are trying to handle that that's what brings them to the state of what we call insufficiency over time. Now, you have to work at it. It's not easy to bring your adrenals to a state of insufficiency. You do have to work at it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I know uh, people working real, real hard at that, and uh, some days, you know, I, I think that I may be working harder at that than I probably want to be. Um, but it's, it's, all, it's all reversible. There are things that we use that can rebalance adrenal function, re, re, reinstate the adrenal um, strength. So it, it's, it's not, there's a happy end to the story. Right. Right, you know, one of the things that, with the other phrases that you're that you're sort of fond of, of saying is that you know, disease isn't out out to get you, health is out to get you, and you just sort of have to provide your body with the raw materials that it needs and the conditions that it needs in order to restore itself. Well, here's another thing, people just don't realize is that wellness is the natural state, that your body is a self-healing, self-repairing system, and it's constantly attempting to do that. It's constantly doing that and attempting to do it better. And so all we have to do really is get out of the way, and it does that automatically. And it will do that in ever-increasing, more effective ways as we learn to cooperate with its natural innate mechanisms that are they're on board inbuilt it does that automatically we're not built to fall apart incrementally as we age we are built to constantly repair and regenerate for as long as we a minimum of 120 years right. now people have forgotten that because well you know I, like i say the most infectious disease going i i think is the tv that <laughs> tells people that they're supposed to get sick at certain times of year and so they do and they're supposed to fall apart on the installment plan and they do right. and and so the, the they've forgotten and they need to be retaught uh, the actual fact of the matter is we live in an incredibly profoundly strong system that will given any chance repair itself yeah you know i, I think that things like arthritis and uh, hot flashes and all these symptoms that people start to associate with, with, with old age, it's become so commonplace that when people start to fall apart that, I mean, even physicians are saying that's normal. And it, you know, and it's not normal. Just simply because it is common does not... It's common, it's usual, but normal. it's not normal. That's and right. how we use the language is, is very important. It's, it's, it's really, really important. And... and uh, you know, it's one reason why I was so, you know, thrilled to get you on the show because you, you, you do such an excellent job of making that point. Now, you know, with the thyroid thing, of course, we don't have much time to go into this because we only have a minute before we, be, before we go to station break, but we also know that there's an iodine connection to, to all of this with respect to the thyroid, which, of course, would be a great topic for another show. Sure. Yeah. Well, um, yes, iodine is far more important um, than than we've been led to believe in the last 50 years uh, since the basically the pharmaceutical companies decided they wanted to sell thyroid hormones instead of iodine, which used to be used by the medical profession to treat thyroid conditions. Iodine used to be used in, in large amounts. Yeah. And so you can, Dr. Brownstein's book on iodine, um, called Iodine, is an excellent book to get. Uh, and I also actually have some information on my website that um, on iodine and in thyroid and total body health. I have a. And you want to give your web address real quick here? Is restorativeendocrinology.com. Yes. So, so by all means, um, 
Well, Jen, I, I hope that you'll be able to come back and talk more about the whole iodine connection to all of this because it is so neglected and so important. And I cannot uh, thank you enough to um, you know for, for coming on here and, and sharing this important information with the with the listeners for the show. Well, you bet. I'd be happy to come back. Thank you. I'd be thrilled. <laughs> and so, so when we come back, we're going to be looking at the subject of thyroid and adrenals from a brain and nervous system perspective, and we'll be exploring the impact of neurofeedback training on thyroid and adrenal health with our next guest, Sue Othmer of the EEG Institute. Please stay tuned. This is Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio, and I'm your host, Nora Gadgaudis. Please stick around. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. NBC Science consultant Dr. Mark Steinberg says every so often you encounter a gem among the dross competing for your attention. Such is the case with Primal Body, Primal Mind, written by Nora Gedgaudis. Primal Body, Primal Mind is a non-fictional excursion into the realm of biology, politics, and self-care that you will never get from formal academic education. It's a nutritional treasure map leading to optimal wellness the way nature intended, a jewel. Tom Hartman, acclaimed author, scholar, and national radio host, says, if you want to really know how your body and brain work, read this book. Go beyond the low-carb and paleo diet to discover the ultimate key to health, a better brain, weight loss, better mood, and a longer life. Primal Body, Primal Mind will show you how you can save more money eating incredibly well than you ever believed possible. You can order the life-changing book, Primal Body, Primal Mind, today. And sign up for Nora Gedgaudis' weekly blog update at www.primalbody-primalmind.com. Want to learn more about neurofeedback? Want to find a trained clinician for yourself or for a loved one? Or maybe you are a professional looking to offer this powerful, non-invasive technique to improve results for your toughest clients. At EEG Info, we are the leading provider of neurofeedback resources, videos, and training for the next generation of neurofeedback professionals. If you want to improve symptoms of emotional and behavioral dysfunction, this non-invasive approach is the answer you've been looking for. Neurofeedback is successful in helping people of all ages achieve a feeling of greater health and well-being. Visit us at eeginfo.com today to learn more about neurofeedback or to find a local clinician who can help you or someone you love. Unlock the full potential of your brain today. Visit eeginfo.com. The Interstate Sportsman Talk radio show brings two well-known outdoorsmen to the Voice American Network with hunting and fishing info news, talking about everything from new sporting gear, places to hunt and fish, and getting more from your recreation time. Join host Brock Ray and Don Kirk Friday mornings at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 Eastern, for the Interstate Sportsman on the Voice America channel. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're tuned in to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio with host Nora Gedgaudis. Got a question for Nora about today's show? The phone lines are open now at 1-866-472-5792. Toll free, 1-866-472-5792. Now back to our show. Here's Nora. Well, welcome back to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio. This is Nora Gedgaudis, and we're talking today about thyroid and adrenal issues. Now, in the first half of the show, we talked about this subject with Dr. Janet Lang from a very biochemical and foundational perspective. This half hour, we're going to be welcoming back Sue Othmer of the EEG Institute to, to discuss this topic from a very different and, in my mind, equally foundational perspective. When people think of hormonal imbalances, they either think of something that they perceive to be completely out of their control or something that always needs to be medicated, but... If you consider the role that the brain and nervous system play in that equation, it's important, I think, to consider that each and every biochemical reaction in the body and the brain, including hormonal functioning, it's all preceded by what can be called an electrical depolarization of the cell, which, which stimulates the release of chemicals. That's how it works, and, and, and it facilitates communication throughout the entire body, including the brain. The body and brain are much more than biochemical in nature. They're also bioelectric. 
And this electrical depolarization that I mentioned, it's intimately dependent upon timing mechanisms. It, it, many of these timing mechanisms are essentially driven by a part of our brain called the thalamus. And that happens to be the sort of pacemaker of our brain. It just so happens that it is the thalamus that we're more or less directly appealing to with neurofeedback training. Brain cells uh, called pyramidal cells extend uh, through half dozen layers from the thalamus right up through the cortex, which is sort of the wrinkly part of the brain, um, or gray matter as they call it, right up to the surface of the cortex where that symphony of their electrical rhythms are picked up by electrodes that we use for brain training. That's what we see when we're looking at an EEG. Well, by exercising the timing mechanisms by which these brain rhythms are established, we can have a profound impact on things like biochemical functioning too. And talking with Janet, it shouldn't be so surprising at this point that helping to alleviate stress in the nervous system could help mitigate adrenal fatigue, something so foundational to so many other problems, including thyroid, as we've just learned, and that this, too, can indirectly impact something like, th you know, like thyroid and, and other types of functioning. We see it all the time. Well, today we're welcoming back Sue Othmer of the EEG Institute to talk about this important and very interesting subject. For those of you that uh, weren't with us last time, Sue Othmer is one of the most respected pioneers and educators in the field of neurofeedback. She's one of the most experienced neurofeedback clinicians anywhere in the world and is a real leader for those of us in the trenches out there doing this work. Welcome back, Sue. Thank you. It's lovely to be back. Oh, it's great having you. So you've been seeing the impact on things like thyroid and adrenal functioning for a long, long time, right? Yeah, it's something we had to learn over time. Uh, we, when we came into this field, just like everyone else, you have a sort of a narrow view of how you're impacting the system through this particular modality, uh, working with the nervous system. But then as you work with real people who come with a variety of individual problems, then we kept seeing that we, we think we're training the nervous system, and then we get changes in endocrine function and immune function and so forth. And, you know, after a while, you start to believe that because it, it's very systematic and, and predictable. And then you think about it, well, well of course. I mean, we're not separate, uh, you know, uh, disconnected systems. All of this works together as one system, and we know increasingly that the, the brain, for instance, has receptors for all of these hormones and so forth. Of course, the nervous system is involved in orchestrating immune function and endocrine function just as it's in, involved in orchestrating our more obvious nervous system functions. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You know, I mean, I, and I wouldn't say that we necessarily get a lot of people coming our way neurofeedback-wise because they have a thyroid or adrenal problem. It's kind of almost a side effect in some ways of, of neurofeedback training that sometimes these things will start to kind of regulate a little better. But I, I would say that it certainly does help to speak to the much larger issue of, of stress management, which, of course, powerfully impacts those things. Well, this is still true. People do not come to get their uh, thyroid adjusted with a neurofeedback, but as you say, it comes in the door with, with so many other things. The, the issues with uh, thyroid for us, and the reason we pay a lot of attention to thyroid particularly, is twofold. One, a lot of people might come on some thyroid supplementation, and when they do the neurofeedback, neurofeedback will typically, you know, if it's possible, get that thyroid functioning uh, more effectively, and then the um, thyroid doses need to be adjusted because people end up over-medicated. So we're, we have a lookout for that. And then the other thing is that there are an awful lot of people who are bumping along on low thyroid, under-diagnosed, under-treated, and... Um, we, that, that can be sort of a hole in the bucket for us. We're trying to train somebody to feel better, and because they're low thyroid, that keeps draining away. So we're also in a position sometimes of saying, I know you had a normal TSH test, but would you go to this more alternative doctor here, please, and get a more sensitive uh, test, and maybe there's some sort of adjustment that needs to take place. To, right. Actually, yeah, I know, I know even the uh, uh, the... Uh, American Association of Clinical Chemists and American Endocrine Society and some of these groups really see a very big problem because, of course, when we're talking about lab ranges, we're not really talking about, you know, the lab ranges that, of course, your values get weighed against. We're not really talking about 
um, you know, how you compare to normal and healthy. You're getting compared to everyone else who went into that lab system for blood work. So as the population becomes less and less healthy, these populations, or these rather these ranges become broader and broader and much less meaningful to sort of the average person in the population. And so, um, you know, they, they, you know, American Endocrine Society definitely agrees this is a problem, and really the functional ranges of TSH are more like between about 1.8 and, you know, 3 at the most. And you don't know how those, your current values compared to an earlier time when you were healthy, maybe, maybe you're different. That's um, true, because that's what kind of chemical individuality thing. Yeah. And, of course, you know, we're not talking with respect to neurofeedback about a therapy, quote-unquote, for thyroid issues per se, but what we are talking about the fact that, that brain training and, and healthier brain function can certainly serve as a support for these issues. In fact, it almost comes up as a sort of side effect of, of training. Right. So it's just one thing that we've learned to pay attention and, and, and now expect that as, your, uh, as we get your whole, the symphony of your nervous system and your whole physiology to function more harmoniously here, then you will, your immune, your immune system is going to step up and do a better job and your endocrine system is going to get more organized. And then actually that clarifies the issue because we, we just get the organizational part improved and then we can see, oh, you have a specific problem, you need specifically more thyroid or specifically uh, address something. There may be an endocrinological uh, problem that needs to be addressed more specifically beyond the nerve feedback. But we're really good at the general uh, just wellness. Get, get you, take you and get you healthier and then let's see what else is there. Right. Well, it's, it, it's probably safe to say that it would be hard to bring, um, like say, a chronic state of, a, of adrenal stress, something that nobody, you know, either you or I know had, you know, experiences at all. But, you know, it would be hard to bring a chronic state of adrenal stress under control without restoring first some equanimity to the overall nervous system, right? And, and neurofeedback is certainly a really powerful way of doing that. I, I think the combination of dietary management and neurofeedback training is a pretty powerful combination. Right, right. We need the substrate to work to work with. You know, we're not tracking adrenal function, so that's not something I know about, you know, I'm observing specifically, but we do work quite a lot with this issue of exhaustion. And in our culture, so many people push themselves and become exhausted. The end stage might be fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue, insomnia. We work with so many people who, like, live on coffee, look <laughs> look tired, fatigued, and, and, you know, in our terminology, we might be fooled. We might think, oh, this is a nervous system I need to teach how to be more activated, more energized. But actually these people are like, you know, stuck in the snowbank with the, the wheels spinning. They're, they're pushing too hard and they're no longer going anywhere. And so it's fascinating with the neurofeedback one observes just by doing this that what we need to do with these folks is calm them down a lot and then it's like a good nap. Then, they, then their body has a chance to kick in and reorganize and f- function better, so they actually get more energized and, and have some recovery. Yeah, I find that it, it's such an interesting, um, almost almost counterintuitive thing that by, you know, training people into a much more calm state, um, all of a sudden their energy picks up. I mean, you know, we'll train them at these, you know, ridiculously low frequencies. Um, and uh, if you were, you know, thinking about it in, in, in sort of with a conventional mindset, you think, well, geez, that would put somebody to sleep. But in fact, you're, you're, you know, you're helping to kind of, I always think of it in terms of you know, being from Minnesota, these sort of snow analogies that so many people are spending their time spinning their wheels in that newly fallen snow. Um, and they're spinning, 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 and of course, as they start to run out of out of gas, the solution to dealing with that is, of course, running out and getting more gas. <laughs> the key, the key is the word calm, because yes. it, we, we have this whole population of people who just trying to, they're tired, so they push harder, 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 harder. And if we talk to them about calming down, what they hear is slowing down. Right, exactly. And, and I don't want to slow down. I, I, I'm, you know, I'm top of the world. I'm a high achiever. I don't want to slow down. Don't talk to me about slowing down. I don't care how long I'm going to live. I don't want to live like that. But the reality is, like with martial arts, that if you calm down, you're actually faster. Far more effective, far more efficient, far stronger. And it's sort of like stopping spinning those wheels, letting the tires cool, and then rolling out of the ditch. And then you're on your way. 
Well, yes, and we see that it's just amazing. It's like we're getting people out of their own way, getting them out of their own uh, frenetic, stuck sort of, uh, you know, inefficient activity. And just uh, we're not so much fixing people as we're just bringing people to that really calm state. And then the nervous system says, oh, oh, oh thank you. Now, now I know how to go forth in a more productive way, and people can live a much more healthy existence. Now, if they've really exhausted themselves, as I say, I don't, not looking at dream function directly, but I see like chronic fatigue, that kind of thing, then then the path to restoration is, in fact, longer and harder and is going to probably require a lot more than just neurofeedback, more nutritional things and so forth. Absolutely. But, but a lot of folks are not quite over that cliff, and we just get them calmed down, and whoo, they just, you know, brighten up things, and get a lot they, more energy. Yeah I, almost, yeah, I almost never tell people that what we're doing is actually calming you down. Uh, but let's let's, uh, let's hold that thought because we need to go to a commercial break. So uh, you're listening to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio, and please stay tuned. We're here with Susan Offmer from the EEG Institute, and we will be back in just a minute. Uh- Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. NBC Science consultant Dr. Mark Steinberg says every so often you encounter a gem among the dross competing for your attention. Such is the case with Primal Body, Primal Mind, written by Nora Gedgaudis. Primal Body, Primal Mind is a non-fictional excursion into the realm of biology, politics, and self-care that you will never get from formal academic education. It's a nutritional treasure map leading to optimal wellness the way nature intended, a jewel. Tom Hartman, acclaimed author, scholar, and national radio host, says, If you want to really know how your body and brain work, read this book. Go beyond the low-carb and paleo diet to discover the ultimate key to health, a better brain, weight loss, better mood, and a longer life. Primal Body, Primal Mind will show you how you can save more money eating incredibly well than you ever believed possible. You can order the life-changing book, Primal Body, Primal Mind, today. And sign up for Nora Gedgaudis' weekly blog update at www.primalbody-primalmind.com. Income Property Investment Talk with Peter Mosca and Dean Issa provides homeowners and investors eager to invest well in real estate the knowledge, resources, and tools necessary to generate significant wealth. Our focus will be the paradigm. Live where you want. Invest where it makes the most sense. Listen live to the brightest minds in real estate investment every Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. That's Income Property Investment Talk with Peter Mosca and Dean Issa, where America learns to invest. Is there truly a lesson in every situation? Can you learn from another person's experiences or are lessons learned when they only happen to you? Dave Felzer, number one national and number one international best-selling author, challenges listeners to stand tall, to be accountable no matter what the setbacks, and to recommit to enhancing their lives as well as assisting others around them. Listen to The Dave Felzer Show every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Radio Network. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're tuned in to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio with host Nora Gedgaudis. Got a question for Nora about today's show? The phone lines are open now at 1-866-472-5792. Toll free, 1-866-472-5792. Now back to our show. Here's Nora. Well, welcome back to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio. This is Nora Gadgaudis, and we're here today in this half hour with uh, Susan Offmer of the EEG Institute, and we're talking about the impact that neurofeedback training can have on stress management and specific issues like thyroid and, and adrenal uh, challenges. Now, now you, Sue, have a very personal interest in this in this topic yourself, don't you? Um, you're at, you actually have Hashimoto's, which of course is an autoimmune thyroid uh, condition. Right. So I know what it feels like to be very cold and tired all the time, and uh, <laughs> finally get on that uh, thyroid supplement and all of a sudden, wham, come back to the world. So I've been on, uh, I take a a natural uh, thyroid supplement, have for some years, and what I've experienced is that by doing the neurofeedback, that 
the dose that I need to take has definitely uh, come down. I also take some iodine with that more recently, and which is also helpful. Right, right. And, and it's, you know, I think Hashimoto's is one of those things that oftentimes get, gets overlooked because with Hashimoto's, of course, you have this sort of curious combination of symptoms of both underactive thyroid and overactive <laughs> thyroid that you get to deal with at the same time. So there's a kind of an, an in, well, in, in, in the way we talk about it, sort of an instability component uh, to the thyroid in that sort of instance. Yeah, and thyroid is so tricky because my primary symptom besides exhaustion was uh, stomach pain. Now, yeah. that's not oh, a standard, uh, you know, uh, symptom for, for low thyroid, but the problem was I wasn't making enough heat to digest the food. Ah. I mean, it's like a, a snake, you know, you feed him in cold weather and he, he just can't digest it. So I would, I would like, uh, particularly if I ate something cold like a milkshake or something, mm-hmm. I would just throw it up. Oh, wow. Not because I was nauseous, but my, my body said, you're kidding me, you know, there's no <laughs> way we can handle that. So it took quite a long time to get diagnosed because it was so tricky. Yeah, it, well, and there's such an important digestive component too when we when, when we talk about when we talk about thyroid and and also you know the the hormone gastrin which is what stimulates hydrochloric acid production is a thyroid hormone driven hormone. Yeah, so I probably was not. In fact, of course, they thought I had a, uh, an ulcer, so they gave me stuff to cut down on the stomach acid, right? Which is <laughs> completely the wrong thing to do. Yeah, exactly. Actually, we're going to have a whole show on that topic uh, on August twelfth, which is uh, something people ought to tune in for because, yeah, the way that that, that uh, GI symptoms and reflux, whatever, get treated is is probably mo- more often than not the opposite of how they need to be uh, addressed. But right, sort of getting right. a little bit off, you know, off topic, but. You know, in the last segment, we sort of just sort of gently touched upon the whole idea of training people at what I termed, you know, ridiculously low frequencies. And, uh, you know, I say that affectionately because I've actually found that type of training to be the most effective training that I've seen to date for the vast majority of, of, of what I see coming through, certainly my office. Right, and we have a new understanding of this now. We're talking about what's called in, in science now infraslow oscillations or infralow frequencies, yeah. and they basically start at 0.1 hertz, mm-hmm. one, one cycle every 10 seconds, 0.1 hertz down to as low as 0.001, so one, <clears throat> one thousandth of a hertz. And that, that range is being studied now as a controlling these deeper functions Mm-hmm. these uh, basic body state functions. So th- it makes sense that our working, n- not to increase the amplitude or something, but to, to help the brain learn how to regulate these lowest frequencies has a, an even more profound effect on these core functions, endocrine function, immune function, basic sleep regulation, you know, basic physiological function. It's almost a little bit like going to the belly of the beast. I, yeah, I, I sort of think of it as, you know, it is going into the place in the brain where the, where the brain is maybe most likely to primarily dysregulate and exercising, you know, some of those mechanisms into some semblance of, of, of strength. It, it, it is like the conductor. The conductor is moving his hands fairly slowly, and that organizes higher frequency activity coming out of the instruments, right? right. And the, apparently the same thing is true in the brain, that these very slow oscillations regulate sort of the excitability of the cortex and other parts of the brain so that the frequencies that we more typically see when we, when we look at the EEG, like alpha waves and theta waves and so forth, the, the, those rhythms and the amplitude and spindles of those higher frequencies are regulated by the up and down of these lowest frequencies. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's like two different doors in. We can teach the brain to regulate the amplitude and the coming and going of these higher frequencies that are, we tend more to see uh, visually or we can go down through this other door of training the deeper, deepest frequencies directly. Yes. And that somehow um, has a, a more profound function. So people I had helped with higher frequency training, which is where we all started, right. now come back and we try this low frequency and now we help them that much more. We help them in ways that we didn't help them before even though they were helped enough to want to come back. Yeah, it's true. People that I worked with, you know, years ago who really found this profoundly, you know, neurofeedback training profoundly helpful, you know, sometimes they'll have a life stressor or something, you know, somebody died or there's a divorce or whatever, and they feel the need to kind of come in for a booster 
which more more often than not people find that that, that they're regulating you know, much better through those through those life events, but occasionally people want to come back, sure. and I'm always kind of rubbing my hands together, going, "Oh, goody!" <laughs> and yeah, I get to the start next over. We have something person. new. <laughs> yes, totally it's new. Better. And uh, it, it's just really, uh, it, it's exciting. Uh, it, it, it's exciting to work with all of this because we're finally rethinking. You know, we're rethinking all of the things that we had assumed to be something else. Uh, all the way along, and we're constantly having to adjust our model of what it is that we're actually doing when we do this brain training and, and what it's actually impacting along the way. Right. So we know clinically that what we do has gotten stronger and more effective over the years that we've been doing this, but it's it's really fun when when this suddenly meshes, when we look over the wall here to the neuroscientists uh, studying this and now see that they're studying the same thing and being able to say, oh, and now that makes sense. Of course, mm-hmm. we're impacting those functions. Because the, these frequencies are so slow that it's sort of like baseline wander. And, of course, people just use their filters to cut that off because right. it's just annoying, right? right? And now, oh, my gosh. And it, it turns out this is like the, the dark matter in, in the nervous system. It oh, turns out that wonderful. our brains are using huge energy resources to manage these low frequencies, which yeah. means it has to be important. Oh, there. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's so true, and that's that's so so well put. I hadn't uh, heard that analogy before, but that whole dark matter thing for people who are you know kind of geeks like <laughs> like to think about these things in more complex terms, it, it makes perfect sense. Well, Sue, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to come on here and share your valuable perspective on all this. I mean, for many long years now, you have certainly been like the ultimate sherpa, <laughs> if you will, for so many of us doing this work, guiding us through the so-called untamed wilderness of the brain and its jungle rhythms and through the development and evolution of this really exciting and rewarding field. So really, Sue, a heartfelt thank you for all of it. My pleasure. It's certainly been an interesting journey. (laughs) Well, it ain't over yet. And for those of you listening, I'd like to invite you all to tune in next week when we're going to be talking about two very interesting subjects. Our first guest will be best-selling author of The Mood Cure and The Diet Cure, Julia Ross. Is a pioneer in the field of nutritional psychology and, and a specialist in treatment of eating disorders and addiction. Uh, we'll be discussing a genetic condition few of you may have ever heard of, but one that impacts more people than anyone might suspect. It's called pyroluria, um, long recognized by the orthomolecular and orthomolecular uh, psychology and medicine fields and long ignored by conventional medicine. Pyroluria is a genetic metabolic condition affecting about 10% of the population. It can create many seemingly intractable symptoms most therapies can't reach. So we'll learn about what pyroluria is, how to recognize it, test for it, and also overcome its negative influence over your mental and physical health. In the second half of the show next week, we're going to be welcoming back one of the most experienced neurofeedback experts in the field, John Anderson of the Minnesota Neurotherapy Institute. And we'll be talking there about the actual use of neurofeedback in school systems and school settings. John is the former director of the successful neurofeedback program at the charter school in Minneapolis called A New Vision, A Chance to Grow. Please be sure to tune in while we explore this exciting and important subject. Until then, remember, if it wouldn't look like food to someone wandering around 40,000 years ago with a loincloth and a spear, it's not food for you now either. This is Nora Gadgadis, and you've been listening to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio. We'll see you next week. I would like to thank my sponsors, the EEG Institute, offering the most trusted and respected source of information and training for neurofeedback, truly world leaders in the field. You can reach the EEG Institute at www.eeginfo.com or at 818-456-5965. I would also like to thank the Nutritional Therapy Association, the NTA, for their generous sponsorship. The NTA is the best, most trustworthy and reliable source of foundational nutritional education and nutritional therapist training here in the U.S. and possibly the known universe. I just can't say enough good things about this organization. You can find the Nutritional Therapy Association at www.nutritionaltherapy.com 
or you can call 1-800-918-9798. That's 1-800-918-9798. Tell Marcy Nora sent you. Thanks, too, to Biotics Northwest, the source for exceptional healthcare practitioner quality supplements for every health professional. You can reach them at www.bioticsnorthwest.com or at 1-800-636-6913. Also, be sure to visit my website at www.primalbody-primalmind.com, where you can also get my book, Primal Body, Primal Mind, Empower Your Health, your total health the way evolution intended and didn't. Thanks again for listening to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio, hosted by Nora Gedgaudis. Come back for another great program next Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. And have a great week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 